Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's up, Beaver fam? It's Maddie Dagan from Oregon State Gymnastics. Thanks for listening to the Belligerent Beavs podcast. Go Bees and chop them. I don't think Mitch needs to play with a third baseman this year, and I'll tell you why at four. <laughs> I'll be at the hospital with third-degree burns if I was in Arizona for a month, man. You sure would. You sure yeah, would. You can handle it, though. I feel like your show would be like nothing forever on Twitch. You guys saw that? Uh-uh. I don't know what that is. What? Did you not? Neither do I. I sent you the link. When? You don't? You didn't the, look? The the service was really bad in the Senior Bowl Stadium, as I mentioned. How about that for a flex? Oh, Is that when you nice. sent me the link when I was Probably. covering the Senior Bowl? Yeah, how a, many Reese's did you eat? I didn't see any covers of that. Not zero, not zero. Nice, good. No, nothing forever, uh, unfortunately, well, maybe fortunately, it was banned from Twitch. See, AI, they're not oh, our God. friends. They're not our friends because... Yeah, I've been saying that the yeah. whole time. <laughs> they had, the, they have, a, it's supposed to be like a, uh, a sitcom from the 90s, like Aiken to Seinfeld, where they have AI-generated artwork, AI-generated banter and conversation. What? Um, and the scenes like switch between different realms. And like, you know, one of them is like their apartment. And one of them is like this comedy stage. And the guy is like a comedian. And anyway, it's like you, a cartoon. It's like an animation, yeah. Okay. The comedian made a not a funny joke at, or tried to make a joke that was not funny about. Uh, What's the people. deal? Oh, God. Yeah. Which was AI, obviously, finding something somewhere. And turning, trying to turn it into a joke, and obviously, rightfully, was banned. They also said something about all Democrats are, like, gay, and it went, it went way off the deep end. How so, did they know? How I did mean, they find out? <laughs> I was going to say, that's true. It is smart. <laughs> so, anyways, it was quite entertaining until that point, and I feel like, Benny, if you had a TV show... It would just be like that. And honestly, nothing happened forever. It just kept being like the most basic, boring. <laughs> I think you're like, you're trying to compliment Benny here, but you're doing a really bad job of doing it. No, it's We're not a compliment. Smarter, not it's just, harder. It's just fact. No, it's it not was... a compliment. <laughs> no, yeah. A 24 7 show of Benny would be a lot like nothing forever. I would prefer a 24 7 hour wrong. show of Benny <laughs> than chat gpt or any ai generated bullcrap benny's delightful honestly Thanks. it was pretty it was pretty nice at first until right. it went transphobic and then i yeah i don't fuck with that now that, exactly <laughs> that's yeah that's i hope they fix it i hope it comes back it was quite entertaining well it seems to be a pretty good reflection of humans then if people within the ai world they created are being assholes <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's kind of 
that's 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 kind of real life i guess uh three guys who aren't assholes uh in in any line of of uh beliefs are uh the your three belligerent co-hosts on the this 83rd episode of the belligerent beefs podcast and thanks terry yeah (laughs) thank you for being here benny thank you for being on time (laughs) we've got five minutes of banter and i think we're, we're ready to dive in a little bit but of course we have benny as always up in up in tacoma way um, I don't know why I added way to that. I think I was just thinking federal way, but Tacoma, it is a way. Yeah, it is a way. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and yeah, we're about uh, six weeks away from me spending six days in Seattle for for work. That's right, for different work. And yeah, so we're we're gonna hang out for sure. And JP Bertram, as oh, always, nice. with a pretty dope corduroy Chopham hat. Yeah, on the ones. Where, and, where on can we get those, Terry? We can get them uh, at belligerentbeeves.com slash merch. Um, and actually, there was a dude in Mobile this weekend selling them on the corner outside of Hancock Whitney Stadium. Um, <laughs> I don't know how. I was like, how did you get these? And he was just like, I can't tell you. I'm like, I'm on the show. You have to. T-. He's like, I so, sold a lot of white barbecue sauce to get these. I sold a ton of <laughs> so much white barbecue sauce. I'm still not sure. <laughs> what the white barbecue sauce uh, thing is. And we need to, Benny, listeners, Benny just did his thing again where he runs away from the microphone mid-take. We're not even um, getting the finger anymore. It's not, not even, it's not even like a, hold He's on. He's just leaving. He just leaves, but yeah, yeah. We need, we, now we need to stall until he gets back because Benny had all kinds of questions and, and thoughts oh. about, about the white barbecue. The white barbecue sauce that is in Alabama. It didn't pop up anywhere. I got barbecue three times in four days. I was in the South. Don't judge me. Good man. <laughs> I, I love how I say that. We're like, I, there's one barbecue place by my apartment here in Minneapolis, and I have totally been there three times over a four-day span before. <laughs> 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 hey, I'm traveling. They have better barbecue down here. Like, this is a, like beneath me on a normal day, whatever. I, you know, and I went to places uh, like a famous, shout out Dreamland Barbecue uh, in Mobile off the Old Shell Road. If you're ever in Mobile, hit up Dreamland. I found out later after I left Mobile that it was all was a dream. T- that it was all a dream. JP, please play five seconds of Juicy by the Notorious B.I.G. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Something pepper and heavy D up in the <laughs> Or I just look at my uh, left bicep. Uh, oh, yeah. either way. Either that way. is a flex in a multiple that, ways. <laughs> that, a metaflex. A, a multi-flex at the multiplex. Oh, man. This, this joke's going to end up on nothing forever. I was 10 minutes. <laughs> 10 minutes after I left my first. I went back to Dreamland again because it was so good. And I wanted to try something different as well. I was 10 minutes away from uh, p- crossing paths with Dan Marino. Like a bunch of other writers got a picture with Dan Marino. And then I looked at the timestamp and it was 10 minutes after I had left. You know what the first thing that I think of when I hear Dan Marino's name? Ace Ventura. <laughs> That's it? Yeah. Yeah. Because he like, yeah. he was, he, he was, was in at, it. he was in yeah. past the prime of his career. I think when we all really got into sports. And I was really into Ace Ventura when I was younger. <laughs> and he Were made you? a cameo in that. Yeah, I really liked a- it. I feel like I saw Ace Ventura and Ace Ventura and Nature Calls like one time each when I was younger. And it just, it was just like, I know it's good and people love it, but it was just one of those like movies that just like kind of missed me weirdly. Yeah. So I, need, mm. I need to do a rewatch of yeah. the whole catalog. It's just, is there a third one? I don't think so. Honestly, okay. you should just you should just rewatch every Jim Carrey movie from the I 90s. do yeah. love Jim Carrey. Yeah. yeah. 
So somehow he came out with all of those in like a four year span. It yeah, like, it was like 12 was so movies. quick. Yeah. And then he started doing method acting and got kind of weird. And now he makes <laughs> so, really dope paintings. Yeah, oh, he's he? still very yeah. weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here, I'll, I'll send them to you guys. Right. Um, but yeah, so if there is some kind of, you know, amazing take on the, the white barbecue sauce of Alabama barbecue, I'm sorry, I did not live it, but I did have some great barbecue down there. Um, as well as, uh, we'll get into the beer segment soon, but Mm. shout out to the brewery scene down there. I kind of, uh, it was, this was a sort of a last minute deal to go down there. So I just got like the first Airbnb that was like reasonably priced and like a place that I was like, oh, this is actually in Mobile and not 50 miles away or whatever. I was walking distance to three great breweries and I want to shout out specifically Iron Hand Brewery, which is like a Captain Hook themed brewery. Oh, sick. And Bill, don't know your last name, Bill, but lovely conversation on Friday, the opening night of Mardi Gras who is a big-time Alabama fan, but just loves college football, uh, figured, heard me say one thing, and was like, you're probably here for the Senior Bowl, aren't you? And I was like, yes, I do not have a local accent whatsoever. I'm wearing Oregon State (laughs) sweatshirt. Exactly. But so uh, we were just chatting, and I told him about the podcast. He thought it sounded awesome. So I gave him a, a belligerent beef sticker, and he yeah. said, this is going right on my ice chest. So we are now represented <laughs> nice. on a mobile ice chest. So that made yeah. the trip worth it entirely. But shut up, Bill. And yeah, lots of great people down there. So if you ever get the chance to go to the Senior Bowl, it's just, it's a fun time. It's one of those really cool, like, it's like, it's a, like a low, it's not low stakes for the players. They're meeting with scouts of every NFL team. It's kind of high stakes for them. But the spectators, it's like, you don't really have a dog in the fight. And people are just like, hey, it's football and it's february and it's 65 degrees so this is pleasant uh and oh hey mardi gras starting cool this is oh. tight. what would you say that the senior bowl is more fun to watch than the new pro bowl setup <laughs> that they have yes yes it is more fun to watch and the practices are particularly fascinating um i will say the pro bowl has probably never been fun I think as a kid, I enjoyed it just because I was like, I just like football. There's a couple years when the Pro Bowl was after the Super Bowl. It used to be a little bit earlier, I think. Right. And the Pro Bowl was always the week after the Super Bowl. So the and Pro no Bowl one felt, gave a shit. But no one's ever given a shit. But I also feel like that it was just kind of a different era of the Pro Bowl then. Yeah. It was after the Super Bowl. So the Super Bowl champions who were Pro Bowlers would usually go. Yeah. And it was kind of like the league's just like, Fuck it. Long season's over. Those of us who are healthy, let's go to Hawaii. And like maybe like this, like there is lower expectations. So it was just like kind of a brush off event, but like people enjoyed it. Now there's all this like, how do you save the Pro Bowl initiatives? And they made it flag football. I saw some positive reinforcements on it on social media, but I didn't watch. I have to be honest, I didn't watch a single play. And I don't feel like I really miss anything. So I think Dude, you missed nothing. I, I turned it on on you missed nothing. Right. I turned it on on Saturday and they were like half or on Sunday. And they're like, half of the competition has already been completed on Thursday night. <laughs> yeah, it was a right. skills competition, which accounted for X amount of points. This is the first of three games in flag football that will be worth six points. And the cumulative scores of all of that will be added together in the final game. It's like, and it was just like, what the fuck is happening? This is like the fourth rung on the tiebreaker in you the guys soccer league. Remember the real world versus road rules challenge. It was very early reality TV 
so it's like let's just make these kids play mud football and now like 35 years later the nfl is so out of ideas of how to make an all-star game work that they're going back to reality tv 1.0 ways of thinking so it was um, so yeah, bad. I would say Senior Bowl definitely more fun and great to be uh, in Mobile, which I was told a couple times. I don't think you'll take issue with the first part of this, JP. Maybe the second part. It is the real home of Mardi Gras. That is where Mardi Gras started. And yeah. I was really starting. Also, on the Gulf, Gulf Shores, right there, I was told by a couple of different people, the real city by the bay. Oh, we were having a nice little podcast here, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> I had to cut now it's now we're 15 minutes in. We gotta bring in the heat at some point. <laughs> I did not argue that point on mobile soil, but I did think in my head I should mention this to JP and not say that I agree with that point, but just pleasantly ask you, in tribute of San Francisco, California, please play five seconds of lights by journey. <laughs> At least in honor of the moment when at the end of your bachelor party, we all listened to that and I cried because I'm such a loser. (laughs) That was such a cool view of San Francisco. I know it was like, that was like our first friend bachelor party and we were all leaving and it was such a great weekend. So we played lights and I literally cried. (laughs) Skins was like, are you okay? And I was like, I just love my friends. And then, and then you work from home to my bachelor party we had oh, to Skype true. you in. Yeah. yeah. Well, you'll have another bachelor party. Maybe, no, just one more. But I'll be at that one whenever yeah. it is. Better show up because it was bad luck for you not to show up last time. I, yeah, I know. I, I got kicked out of Husky Stadium because of you. <laughs> De- definitely that my fault. That was funny. Definitely my fault. It's hard when you're like 25. For any 25-year-olds listening, take it from me who has made this mistake before. Do not choose work over one of your best friend's bachelor parties. Take Take Plus whatever one. time off you need. Figure it out. <laughs> They're all looking Find at one. their phones right now. I mean, like, what a fucking idiot. Why would we ever do that? <laughs> <laughs> also, don't get kicked out of Husky Stadium. Despite what JP says, I don't think that was a highlight. It was really funny. It was really funny. You weren't For there, sure. Terry. So I did not eat uh, 24 Reese's in 24 hours. Um, there, there was free Reese's at the game itself. There was not free oh. Reese's at the Senior Bowl practices. And I only took one pack because, like, there is a bu- there is like this stand where they're handing out all of these Reese's, and these king are the size? normal packs. No, um, I, I got I had a king size earlier in the week, but I was like, I'm not I'm not gonna buy multiple king sizes because uh, at the practices they were available at the concessions, but you had to pay for them, and I was like. If I'm going to eat 24 <laughs> Reese's, someone else is paying for it. <laughs> um, so I got that one king size, and then I was like, maybe I was like, I'll jokingly start this and do it or whatever. Um, and I do have some pictures of Reese's on my phone. I had one, and then I had a, I had one, and then I had another one <laughs> in the after the hour concluded. And I was like, already just like, this is going to be bad. So by the third and the fourth, I was like not in trouble, but I was like probably two away from being in trouble. And that would have just gotten me a, a quarter of the way um, to 24 Reese's in 24 hours. So I don't know if my stomach is suited for such activity anymore, oh. but 
Dude, if they were giving free Reese's away, I would have woken up with like 30 Reese's oh my God. little cup wrappers I all know. by my There my is bed. like, I'd, there is people walking around with like they bags of their senior bowl merch. But just um, chocolate lined lips. But yeah, so the, the one shirt I got is like, uh, I should be wearing it actually because it's orange. It's a dry fit. It's a, a football that's also a Reese's cup, and the bottom of it is melting. So it looks Ooh, like chocolate is melting. So nice. I paid for a shirt that looks like it has a giant chocolate stain on it. <laughs> Capitalism. <laughs> but it's a but I got a little something for you too. So that'll be, the, you'll get those in the mail. Not those shirts, but something else. In the nice. Mail. Something a little more our theme. Bottles of white, white barbecue sauce. <laughs> to, to dump on Reese's. And I'm sorry. I, I missed it. Did you try the white barbecue sauce or no? It just like wasn't at like I was given sauce at all these barbecue places that I went to and it was not the white sauce. They're like, this is our signature like spicy barbecue sauce. And then I tried it. And I was like, this is goddamn delicious. So I'm not going to ask for something else like. Yeah. Do you have like a grosser, thicker mayo version of this that I can have? <laughs> that sounds so good disgusting. though. Right. I'm I'm sure it is good. I'm sure it's, it is good. It's mayonnaise, vinegar. I mean, it, like it yeah. sounds delicious. I mean, of course, it's probably what they put on the mac salad at Local Boys, and it's fucking amazing. Yeah. And that's why it's illegal in like 38 states because it's too fucking good. Uh. Anyway, I cannot speak to uh the. Um, specific experience of the white barbecue sauce, mm. but the ribs, the pulled pork, the brisket at Dreamland, and also Cotton State Barbecue down in Mobile. Delicious. Amazing. Amazing. Nice. Time. So thank you, Mobile. Thank you, Senior Bowl. Uh, Luke Musgrave had a great week. Uh, still kind of awaiting word on why uh, uh, Oregon State cornerback Rajon Wright didn't finish the week of practices, but uh, we hope he's okay and hope his draft process uh, keeps keeps going and getting better and maybe even maybe even see his name come off the board on day two. Um, but yeah, right right now we'll get real sicko nerdy NFL draft shit later in the season. But um, Musgrave made some noise, guys. We we might see his his name come up uh, earlier than expected. What season are you talking about? Draft season. Draft season. Okay. Draft season, baby. Is that S E A S O N? I I think it's just S Z N. Oh, I see. S Z N. Z N. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's spelled from the same seasoning that's in the white barbecue sauce. Yeah, uh-huh. it's it's the southern dialect. Yeah. Speaking of, I looked up white barbecue sauce. It's also known as Alabama white sauce, mm. and it is a barbecue sauce made primarily of mayonnaise, vinegar, and spices. Yeah. Yeah, that's you guys were nothing, right. There's nothing gross there. Yeah. I kind of want that right now on right. my beer. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Let's, let's get to, let's get to that beer, JP. Um, yeah. What beer are you? I'm, I'm sure it's going to be much less enjoyable now that it's uh, deprived of delicious succulent Alabama white sauce. But maybe that's something you can enjoy separately uh, at another time. Yeah, maybe. Well, we'll have to. Uh, I have one of these left. So this is not new, but it's a double dry hopped double IPA. So double double. Okay. And if you double double, that's four, Terry. Like if you if you four fours, it's sixteen. Anyways. Oh, this was in the. This was a text goof today. This is mm. called Groundhog Day that from looks Great like Notion. A beaver. It does look like a beaver, so yeah, I really thought it was. But it does kind of make me feel a little bit at home that, um, I'm sorry to say, that uh, 
watching our basketball programs play has felt like Groundhog Day. Yeah. Oof. Way to tie it into the content, at least. (laughs) And when you set it on your desk there, can you see it shadow or not? I can. You can. Ooh. That means it's six more weeks of winter. Sorry, y'all. Did Poxitani Phil uh, see his shadow this year? Yeah. Oh, damn. I know. I hate the cold. Well, that saves me 15 minutes in the morning not having to watch The Weatherman. Yeah. Thanks, Phil. Yeah, just yeah. have a double IPA with JP. Yeah. yeah. But I feel yeah. like it's, you know, it's if the beer is Groundhog's Day, then we might have more chances. You just have to have one every day. Um, every time I have one, spring inches a day closer. Have one every day for six weeks. And then at the end of that six weeks, you wouldn't even notice that it was winter <laughs> because of all the joy <laughs> from all the double IPAs. I've completely <laughs> forgotten that winter exists. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Drink it with the lights off so it can't see its shadow. Ooh. <laughs> Smart. I only Smart. drink with the lights off. Ooh. Ooh. We should start recording this podcast with the lights off. Oh. There's probably people like, you don't do that already? It doesn't look like you guys read notes. <laughs> <laughs> no, you want to know what I'm drinking? I would love to know what you're drinking. I'm not drinking shit, but I have a new... <laughs> That was was like a middle school joke. Want to know what I'm drinking? Sure, yeah. I'm not drinking shit. (laughs) And then all of your friends behind you go, ooh. And I'm like, I just wanted to know. And then it's that meme with the guy with his hands on his face (laughs) falling through the screen. Hot hot fire. Yeah. Yeah. So Uh I I have a new edible, and I realized that I don't really go in depth with these. Uh, This one is called a doozy. Which is also reminiscent of watching basketball season, unfortunately, this year. Oh, it but has been a doozy. It has been a doozy. I'm going to take half Not of it. Not a good this. doozy. I've been taking like Oh, you're taking quarter. it now? Yeah. So <laughs> I'm doing that right now. <laughs> you're gonna be, this is going to hit you at like three in the morning. <laughs> Or in 15 or minutes. Or in 15 it's minutes. It's a fun I, game. I always forget I'm two hours ahead of you guys. But yeah. yeah. All right. So you're taking it now. Yep. It looks looks chewy. It is chewy. It's uh raspberry, rasmarberry flavored. Rasmarberry. And it kind of does actually taste like a raspberry. Nice. Nice. I love I'm raspberries. Glad. Yeah. I put some in my smoothies that I make my kids Ooh, that I don't drink. Ooh, you do drink smoothies. Ooh. You're such a hot dad. I make them. Oh. No. Oh, smoothie yeah. maker, even better. Yeah. That's even healthier for you. Selfish yeah. hot dad. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And I've started adding chocolate to them too. Mm. Ooh. Oh, raspberry and chocolate? Yeah. Ras- oh, oh, and damn, banana and strawberry. Boom. And spinach. Don't tell my oh. kid. Oh. <laughs> oh. You sneaky dad. And sorry, tomorrow, Alabama white sauce. (laughs) (laughs) Dad, what the fuck is this? Uh, Oh, my God. Um, Well, what are you drinking? In the light of all this, I'm getting to it. Uh, With thinking about chocolate um, and white sauce and chocolate strawberries Mm. and, and white sauce. Uh, do you guys like Thin Mints, the girls? Yeah, oh, dude, I love them. You already got maybe Girl my cookies? favorite late Are night they treat. Out? No, I don't, I don't have actual Girl Scout cookies, but I basically have liquid Girl Scout cookies in this beer, which is what? mint chocolate factory, a chocolate pastry stout from Headflyer Brewing Company. I got this for the show last week and just didn't get around to opening it because I have a giant crowler. Here it is, it's huge. And uh, yeah, so this has been waiting for me in the fridge for about a week and a half. And it 
taste like a box of Thin Mints. Oh, it's dude. Hilarious. It's a box of Thin Mints. That's I would what, get so like, wasted. And it's like, so this is like, it's 8.5%, uh, 11 IBUs. I love that I'm saying that. Like, I know what the fuck that means, <laughs> but um, it's, it's pretty smooth. Like, you know, it's, it kind of, it has that sort of like a Guinness like smoothness and it's not actually as light as Guinness because Guinness is, you know, one Bro, of the lighter beers actually. You just but, need to say that tastes like thin mints. That's it. Tastes like thin, exactly. That's all but we it, need. But it's all like, I feel like I, you, like, even if, uh, I was at like the brewery, I feel like even like a few pints of these, like you wouldn't be like that full or that mm. drunk. Like it's, it's a good, oh, yeah, it's like a that. good level, you yeah, know, that's good. Mm. Oh, uh, the IBUs it, are just perfect. I love Great Notion, but sometimes that's like I start drinking a Great Notion beer, and I'm like, "Well, this is the last beer for me today." And it's like, <laughs> yeah. and it's six on a Saturday, and the sun's still out, and I'm not quite ready to be done. But like, <laughs> yep, I'm putting nine muffins and about half a bottle of vodka into my tum tum right now. <laughs> this is this is the end of the road for this almost thirty five year old. <laughs> Let me tell you though, my I, I love thin mints. It is almost Girl Scout cookie season. Right. It coincides with draft season. Yeah. Some of the best cookies to snack yeah. on while you're watching the draft. All thirty nine hours of it. That remind that reminds me of a uh particular amateur salesman i ran into in mobile and i won't we'll we'll get into the meat of this episode after this but i just wanted to tell this story quick because you remind me of it at the last senior bowl practice there was a kid walking around i'd say he's maybe a little bit older than everett the mini baby but also if you told me he's the same age you know i don't have kids so like you're like <laughs> this kid is either four or 14 I don't, I don't but so he's going he has a king size reese's which were four dollars at concessions and I see, he comes up to me and just says, would you be willing to buy these Reese's for $5? And <laughs> I said, sorry, I don't have any cash on me. I'm not sure if you know, but this whole stadium all week is a cashless stadium. <laughs> so I don't know where you got these Reese's from, but I'm not sure there's a lot of people here with cash and he's like okay how about two for ten dollars and i was like you didn't listen to a thing i just said also they're cheaper i could set so uh i did but by the time i left i saw another he saw writer. for five hundred dollars yeah he, <laughs> somehow so i was like i appreciate your entrepreneurship young man uh, uh, but I don't think you're reading the room literally, specifically the signs that say cashless stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is card only. Um, but I do know that um, a lot of Girl Scout cookies are sold in areas that accept cash, card, check, money order, whatever. Bro, you can so, order online for delivery. You can order Girl Scout cookies online. Yeah, Jeez. I did it last really? year. Really? What a, what a time. Anyway, well, let's <laughs> cheers to the Girl Scouts of America yeah! and their cookies Woo! to wrap up this rag and beer segment. Uh, but we're not here to discuss Groundhog Day or to uh, contemplate why Benny just got up and left the show again uh, to have a conversation with his partner without muting himself or, or dogs. The dogs or whatever. That's 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 OK. <laughs> we're here to talk Oregon State sports for God's sakes. So let's get into it, and we're gonna we're we're taking that tone because we gotta get it. We gotta get into the, is this a so we're you're schooling me on math today, JP. So is this a double negative? Is it a quadruple negative? 
What, well, it's a double, it's a double, it. double negative. It's quadruple. Double. It's a double, double, not the kind from in and out. It's a double, double, the kind of getting swept by the desert schools in the desert and swept by the mountain schools at home. Uh, yeah, I think we'll, I'll start just off the, t- I think off the top of my head, my, we're just sad. We're, we're, we're really just sad here. Um, I think it wasn't the be- at this weekend when it first became a disappointing season, uh, for women's basketball. It wasn't, uh, this weekend didn't mark the beginning of a disappointing season, uh, for men's ball, depending on the way you look at it. Uh, we're, we're not calling for the heads of coaches, Messrs. Wayne or Scott, uh, in 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 this segment, uh, just because I don't think it's a productive conversation, uh, in any any rate. If that's how you feel, then that's how you feel, and you're entitled to that. Uh, I'd say for women, it was almost like the exact same as last weekend, where Groundhog's you opened Day. the weekend with the tougher team, Groundhog's Day. That's the title of this episode. Yeah, that that put that in the the beginning of the show title, JP. It's Groundhog's yeah. Day. Yeah. Um where we, we open the weekend with a much tougher team and come up just short. A game on its own that shows like the potential. And if you're just looking at that game, you're like, oh, that's probably a good team. That's probably a team that's gonna like make some noise. And they, they ran into a team that's a little bit more talented, has been playing together a little bit longer, just had a little bit more down the stretch. And then followed it with just a complete fucking dud. Just a dud. And this was a dud at home. So it's just hard. And even in my notes here, the freshmen all played well. Uh, Adley Blacklock had a great game uh, against Colorado. Uh, was the only one who was making shots, really. Um, but Tamiya Gardner and Reagan Beers looked good again. So you know, like, the youth is actually performing. But it's just really, it's really frustrating and really hard to sort of even try and pinpoint what the problem is because it's not obvious. With the men's team, I think it is a little bit more obvious and we'll talk more about them. And I think it's just as a pure basketball fan, you kind of know what to expect and you can wait a little bit longer. With the women's team, I know there's youth, but a lot of these teams we're playing have youth and we're just not getting it done against teams we should be getting it done against. And I this morning I looked at uh, ESPN Bracketology for the women's tournament the Pac-12 is an eight-bid league right now. Yeah, if yeah. you had told me before the season the Pac-12 is getting eight bids, be like, oh, we're in easily. Like you can even have a few disappointing uh, dropped games, and you'll be the the five or, or six team from the conference in. And now it's eight other teams, and we're probably not even going to the NIT. Yeah, and it's just the uh, I think Dashell had this note in his piece. They haven't been under five hundred this late in the season since 2012, 2013. Mm. And which is, you know, the other side of that is like, that means you've had a pretty good 10 years, (laughs) a pretty nice decade, which is nice to have, but it does make you, it does, it does make the problem feel bigger and more uh, isolated and under a bigger microscope. So yeah, I just don't know. And I I, rewatching that Colorado game, I was just, I felt like I'm really reaching (laughs) for, for positives. I mean, I know you talked about like they just couldn't hang on uh, against Utah, but mm-hmm. I mean, we came out of those gates flat again as well. I mean, right. that's that's twice in a row um, that this team just didn't show up to compete from tip, and that sets the press with precedent. a great crowd too, with a great crowd, and that's just the precedent for the rest of the game, right? I mean, I I think that's the part that. Uh, people are more concerned about is why isn't this team just like competing from the from the jump and i know we've we've touched on youth i i think there's a cohesion issue more than anything 
and it's it's this um, split between returners and highly touted freshmen. And not that they're competing or don't like each other and along those lines. They just have not figured out a way to sure. work together. And Utah was exciting. It was terrible to start. Terrible. It got right. so exciting. It was heartbreaking. And I think that three straight games of losing by three or less points uh, when you're fighting hard and you're just trying yeah. to get that victory is so demoralizing. It's brutal. Which does not excuse how they came out against Colorado, but does add a little bit, shed a little bit yeah. more light as to why that happened. However, I feel like another thing we talked about separately, but I think that's worth at least presenting outwardly is the first half against Colorado was bad. And it was bad for whatever amount of reasons. To open the second half, what did Ruick do? He went, other than Noel Manning, who's a great leader on the court and a great team leader from anywhere she's participating, with four freshmen. And he ran with them until like six minutes left in the third quarter before he subbed in Mitrovic and uh, Talia. So, I mean, was that a message? Was that just saying, this isn't working, so let's just go with what's been performing fairly consistent, which is the freshmen, even if they're not delivering winning results yet. Um, I was, I found that to be very, very curious of a move. I actually really liked it, but I, I don't think there's any way to save this team before the end of the year. I mean, look, they, dude, sure. all, of, all of the veterans didn't even make a basket in the first half against Colorado. Right. So, yeah. like, how are you supposed to win a game when that, when that happens? I'm not trying to you know, thumb them down, but... Dude, like I think you gotta roll with the with the freshman. And last point on freshman is Reagan Beers had had sub sixteen minutes per game for the last like half a dozen games right. until Colorado. And I hope her minutes start to come back around because her efficiency is still incredible. And thirty minutes against Colorado might have just been out of necessity, not out of anything that was. I sure. I don't I I just don't get that. Like Reagan never has really gotten the minutes that she deserves. And again, like. Look, Ruick has built a program out of nothing. So I don't want to necessarily question his mythology around that because it's such a glaring, um, obvious thing to me that there has to be some backstory behind that, right? Like there has to be some reason why Reagan's not getting the minutes that we all think she should. Um, but I, I, I think if you're Ruick, I agree with you guys. This season is probably a wash. Um, and you do have a lot of really good young talent on this team and your entire position right now, the positioning that he needs to take is we're playing for next year and I'm doing everything in my ability to make sure that I don't have players transfer out, especially the freshman and sophomore for next year. Because again, like we talked about this last week, I think Ruick is getting the benefit of the doubt these last two seasons but but there is reason to be concerned with the transfers from last year and the down season last year and the down season this year. Um, he gets the benefit of the doubt because he has built this program out of nothing. But it's like if this trend continues and it feels like it's almost hinging on if Talia and Reagan and a, a, a couple other contributors and can Tamiya. come back. And Tamia, right. Right, right. So, so like... Like he has to keep them on the team next year. And if you're not giving Reagan minutes when she is physically able to play those minutes, it seems like that's not the best approach. Right. And we have no idea if there is like anything behind the scenes that would have led to a minutes restriction. 
Right. But, and I, I do, I think this type of youth movement sort of second half substitution is, I'm, I won't call it too little too late, but it's something that he should have gone to earlier. I think the signs were there that this isn't your final four run team. Uh, but good news is just about everyone has eligibility for next year uh, and should want to come back, or, or that's what you should be thinking as a coach. And uh, you'll you'll lose a player like Bendu, who has been, I think, just the the silver lining of the rest of this dark cloud season. Yeah. Uh, but like, this is where you coach for next year. So the rest of this, like, I don't even want to necessarily even hope for them. Like, if they if they win out, great. And if you win out in the tournament, you go to the NCAA tournament. So of course that's like a good thing. Uh, but also, like a coach needs to be pragmatic. Uh, I want to see Lily Hansford get a ton of run uh, the rest of the way. I want to see Martha Peach get a ton of run the rest of the way. I really like what we've seen from Martha's game uh, this year. And so that next year you have a pretty good group of sophomores uh, that one that there's a, they're high on talent and also pretty high on numbers as well. There's like five, you could have five, six uh, players at sophomore eligibility next year. And if they're all buying in and they all have their role with the freshmen who are coming in next year, then that that could be the makeup of a of a pretty strong team. So, I hope that he's thinking along the lines of like, yeah, let's try and get a Final Four in 2024, 2025, because uh, that's part part of what he's been was hired to do originally and what he did very successfully. Uh, so it makes this year a little bit harder and it, it makes these last results because obviously a lot of the on, on the benefit of the doubt side a lot of these, these games really could have bounced the right way but you know you're when you, you reality is always somewhere in the middle uh you're not going to get lucky every time you're not going to get unlucky every time and it feels like we've been you know unlike unlucky a good amount of the time and then just sort of outplayed uh a good chunk of the rest of the time so not the season that we all envisioned, but I do think a lot of these players could be a part of something special. Next oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. There's so many players that, uh, like, I feel like Adley Blacklock's going to come up huge I love, at some point. Adley's great too. I'm a big fan of Adley. Yeah. I mean, like I just, there's a foundation being built, which is why moving on from Ruick would be the, the dumbest thing. And honestly, I haven't, I haven't seen that. I, like I mentioned, I kind of just mentioned that at the outset. I haven't seen, I haven't seen the same sort of like demand. Like everyone, no, there's totally the angriest Beaver fans are the loudest, and the angriest Beaver fans want Wayne's head. And I'm not even trying to convince those people. Yeah. Um, and so I haven't, you know, personally, I don't log on to Twitter and see people calling for Ruick's head as not calling for his head, loudly. but there's a lot, there's there's a lot more questioning right around is he the guy? Is, should he be around and long we, term? We had some conversations with people last year when we were still, and we still are, but I'm very high on Ruick, and where we weren't necessarily met with the same enthusiasm we were expecting, and that was a little bit jarring for us. And then news. A few weeks after those conversations took place was when we found heard that Taylor Jones was transferring and Kennedy Brown was transferring. So we're like, hmm, maybe there is something here for the the people who aren't part of the Scott Ruick fan club or whatever. Um, I still think a lot of these transfers and things like that is part of part of doing business. It's college basketball, and it's college basketball, especially college basketball today. So I'm not ready to freak out. I'm ready to pour a- another drink. <laughs> 
and talk about the diamond sports. Put my head down a little bit. Uh, we still got men's basketball. <laughs> we don't. We do. I guess we don't have to get. We can do whatever the fuck we want. We're independent, baby. Um, <laughs> but to pour another drink and just sort of give like a curt nod and just think about like yeah, like I it, it was supposed it was supposed to be not this, but that's also that's basketball and and it and it happens and also. It's a really goddamn good conference. I know no one wants to hear that, and yeah. we've lost the teams that are outside of the really good chunk of teams, but it's a really goddamn good conference, and it's just kind of a lost season, and unfortunately, sometimes the ball bounces that way. Can I just say one thing on the men's basketball side, and I think that this is uh, its something that I've been thinking about a lot as the season has progressed, is I view there being one of two scenarios. Uh, with with the future of the men's <laughs> basketball team, right? And it has to do... This is already optimistic. You haven't described how this... Yeah. It has what to is, do with both. One so, is burning to death, the other is drowning to death, but it's already yeah. optimistic. <laughs> and it has... It sort of correlates with the women's team, right? It's a young team. And we have two, two bona fide potential stars, I would say, on the team. Those two guys can decide to transfer because NIL money is real and they're going to be able to transfer to a lot of places where they'll have better chances of um, winning seasons and getting to the tournament. Or they can be the foundational piece at rebuilding Oregon State men's basketball. And I think both of those players um, really have the ability to be that foundational piece and get other recruits to want to come to Corvallis. Um, and they'll, they'll be looked at as, uh, like the Jaden grants of a basketball. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there is really two ways that it can go because if they transfer, dude, <laughs> That's going to be right. bad news because that's like the thread of hope that we're all holding on to is like, yeah, this year really sucks. But contrary to last year, like there is that thread of hope. All right. So you said one of two scenarios. The scenario you just talked about is the Hoosiers scenario. <laughs> um, what's the other scenario? No, the two, the, the, the two scenarios are either they stay and they are the rebuilding blocks of Oregon State men's basketball. And or, they, they, can, or they leave they, and, and it's done. Essentially, the, yeah. So, like, there is, for me, little to no hope if they transfer. If they stay, I think that There's is some hope. That's where that's where we can start to see that sort of shift forward. of hope. Yeah. But that's the thing with, like, NIL. And let's face it, like, we all had fun in Corvallis. But, but like, if you're playing hoops and like, there's other places to play that I think are more appealing than Corvallis, especially when it comes to basketball for some reason. And, and right. I think that it's like, you have these two special players. It's, you have to keep them at the school because it's hard enough to get them there. Basketball is so much different than football in where I think power five means so much less where true there's certain you know the the schools that are in the power five have football money and that money is real and that money is powerful but think of how many non school like power five schools are great basketball schools there's an entire great conference 
the big east of not power five schools <laughs> that are awesome at basketball there, yeah. there, there's gonzaga let's join uh, the big east so many there's so many <laughs> let's join the big east just for men's basketball um that that would be fantastic we we are the uh exact opposite of the uh footprint that the big east wants yeah so um yeah i i don't know to talk about basketball Moving right. on. <laughs> Dexter Acano had a nice dunk that I think got called back. That's just like, I'm at the point now where I'm just looking at refs and I'm just like, let us have that. Let, let us have uh, one. Let's have a yeah. nice dunk. Um, so I don't know, but it's just, they can't, they, they can't really afford to keep going. Like nothing's wrong. And they also can't afford, they can't afford to fire Tinkle. So they're not going to. They can't. I don't. And, I don't. I don't think okay. they're looking at it as if nothing's wrong. I don't wrong, even know that. I, I. I think. I, I think, think Tinkle's trying wrong. to figure out. Well, how can I make this work? And I mean, we've seen. We've seen some changes. We've seen lineup changes. We've seen some guys get some minutes pulled. Um, and we've seen some other guys get uh, get a big increase in minutes. And. I, I just think that like he's dealing with the cards he has in hand and it's not it's not great. Um I don't see I don't see a lot that's going to make this season better other than those those individual storylines which as a Terry and you especially and I understand sometimes as a basketball fan from our professional teams in our heydays you look for the silver linings in those individual storylines. And Does this mean you're grouping the Blazers into the groups of the haves versus the have-nots? Because I yeah, think yeah. Blazer fans that doesn't, would, that would doesn't push back right. against whoa, whoa. that. I think the three of us can relate say, to this on our, our NBA in, allegiances. In some ways, yes. But my, but what I'm saying is uh, <laughs> following the storylines mm-hmm. sometimes makes you feel like, okay, something's happening this season. I'm not wasting my efforts watching. The players aren't wasting their efforts playing. Things are developing, and they're developing for the betterment yeah. of the team that I love and the team they play for. But I think the hardest part of all of this is when a a team is struggling to find its identity, to find its uh, how how it's going to reinforce its future and how it's going to carry on for seasons to come and build upon what has been laid, but you know, in the prior seasons. College athletics just doesn't have that anymore. So as a fan, you need that urgency. Like you have to have it. It has to be now because if it's not now, everything you have right now is imploding next year. And and, yeah. and I think that that weighs on everybody. I don't think it's just fans. I think that weighs on the coaching staff. I think it weighs on the players who maybe have both feet firmly indoors and they're not looking to, to leave. And it's just – it's created a lot of chaos in a sport like basketball where uh, individualism does play, you know, quite a heavy hand versus, you know, another team sport. So that's a really good point you made. I always viewed college sports and pro sports, obviously in multiple different ways, but one of them was if you were really good in a professional league, if your team was really good in a professional league, you had rules built in to even out that playing field because you would get the last draft pick, right? And the worst team gets the first draft pick. That's usually how it works. And college was always like, if you did good, that drew better and more recruits to your school and you got better. And the way that college athletics is going right now, that is like, it, it was, it's like that, but on steroids now. If you're good, not only do you get good recruits, 
but you get really good current college athletes wanting to go to your school. And if you're bad, the contrary to that. So I I agree. There is like the pressure of winning now is way more immense than what it was before. Yep. Yep. And I will say the silver lining as a blazer fan was that Chris (laughs) Dudley didn't die when he got hit with the belt barbell that Ruben Patterson (laughs) threw in the weight room. That's the silver lining. He wasn't trying to hit Chris Dudley. And then the final Speaking of the Blazers, Drew Eubanks did posterize Joe Ingles tonight. And Joe Ingles is someone I like to see posterized by anyone, but it's even better when it comes at the hands of the Shack of Troutdale. Wait, did you see Drew Eubanks' dunk last week? Probably. I sent it to you guys. Yeah. What what time did you send it to me? You're probably in Mobile. Let me, I'm going to resend <laughs> it because it was so out sick. from all the meat sweats and barbecue and four Reese's in four hours. It's <laughs> <laughs> the marathon of torture I put my body through. Move on. I'm depressed. Oh, are you depressed? I've yes. Got a couple, I've got a couple things for that. How about Oregon State softball and Oregon State baseball? Oh, that heart sports. is warming up. Oregon State softball, reigning college World Series participants. Oregon State baseball, also really good. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not talk about getting, how last season ended. Getting quite, did, let's not talk about how last season ended, but let's talk about how you know last season went up until it, it, it ended. Um, with the exception of the one day where Betty and I trade places and I had an edible during a game and I don't remember that game. I would say that that was so funny when that happened, but you that just was... went silent. You just didn't answer any of our texts oh, man. during that... a really important game. I know. Yeah, I know. And that was the game that they beat Auburn. So for Oregon State to win the national championship, I have to take yep. the same amount of edible during every baseball game this year. I'm going to die, uh, which is another positive for some of the listeners of this show. Who That's a silver maybe, lining. Yeah. Just um, kidding. I know. Yeah. Let's start with softball since they get going first. They kick things off this weekend. Yes. This weekend for my Woo! birthday. It's all about me. Happy uh, birthday. For my birthday, they oh. are participating in the LSU Invitational uh, opening with a game in Baton Rouge against New Mexico on Friday and then a doubleheader with New Mexico and LSU on Saturday, and then another doubleheader uh, with LSU and our friends Nichols uh, on that Nichols Sunday. State or Nichols? Uh, the, what, what, the OSU website says Nichols, and this re- will forever be a talking point because I still don't know, but I'm going with Nichols. If I had a nickel for every time, every time we said we... nickels on this or podcast. Nickel, State. <laughs> um, nickel bag, baby. Uh Nickelback. Jaden Grant translates to a great Nickelback in the NFL. He should get a look, uh, even though he's being projected as an undrafted free agent right now. But that's not the segment, Terry. We're talking about the team that went to all the way to Oklahoma City last year, but is ranked, you know, number 25 by USA Softball, number 24 by Softball America. I gotta tell you, they sleep in. What do we do when they sleep? What do you do when they sleep on you, Benny? You tuck them in. Tuck them in. I think Laura Berg and Co are ready to tuck them in to all those motherfuckers who are sleeping 
on this great team um, to pump it up. So and yeah, cut them I, down. I'd, I'd say <laughs> pump it. We, we'll, we'll workshop that one. Um, <laughs> in terms of storylines, I think I'm I'm kind of excited, and we haven't talked to any of the players yet. But I am ex- I assume that there's a chip on their shoulder, and I'm excited to see how they play with uh with you know some perceived disrespect nationally. A lot a lot of uh, outlets have them unranked. A lot of you know I think a lot of that is because uh Mariah Mazan is gone, but and Mariah was amazing. I don't want to diminish Mariah's career at all. Yeah, but. Don't talk. You don't talk down about you, Mariah. I'm not talking down about Mariah. I'm saying you can't get to the College World Series on either diamond on the strength of one player. It's yeah. just not a thing you can do. But, I, but also, so, like some. I mean, we have a lot of the freshmen who are coming back that are going to be big performers. We got Hamoudi, of course, yeah. who's going to be slugging her way into the every pitcher's nightmares. But we also lost Kiki. Kiki's out. So I think we're. I, I mean. There are there's there are so many this the depth and talent of this team is so is so good but a lot of it is a Beaver bias shout out the Pioneers but Pioneers. some of it is also you know lost personnel um, and I think I think though they're they're not giving the returners the benefit of the doubt of like progression and growth as right. athletes that's where I think is that like but also that's a very 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 hard thing to pinpoint and measure like. How do I expect this player to perform next year? I think we've seen some accolades obviously come through, of course, with Sarah and, and Frankie about what, what the public uh, media, at least the media, expects of them. But that, that, those, those are gimmies. Those are gimmies. Like, eh, I, could, I could be a media member and tell you that the, those two are going to be studs this year. So there's going to be some other players that are going to definitely also contribute and be be big big time players for this program. Yeah. Well, it's and the players who are returning all have that incredible experience. Yeah, that's why I'm not I'm not worried about the rankings with Florida and Oklahoma. Like do you remember the last game that incredible walk that Maddie Simon drew? Yeah. She saw like 17 pitches from Florida's best pitcher. And just was completely unfazed in this giant moment and had just like a straight like Kevin Euclid, like <laughs> like 04 ALCS. You didn't play in the 04 ALCS. But, you know, like this, like that kind of like crazy playoff moment. All the lights are on. All eyes are on you. And it's just like, well, like that's a ball. Just, so I'm not yeah, saying that. Yeah. yeah. And it's so like this team played above its years last year. Yeah. Agreed. And you lose, like, it's, I, you know, Mariah was the leader of that team, but Mariah also wasn't 100% healthy and wasn't completely available the entire season. So it's like, I, I, I think, uh, you know, expectations of last year being a fluke have been unfairly reported. And... Yeah. And if you think about what happened with because of Mariah and, and her availability in the, in the World Series, it thrust Sarah Hennigas into the spotlight to open yeah. game one. And I thought, I mean, for, for a last, I don't know how last minute it was as a fan. It felt, it felt very last minute that they scratched Mariah and said she just wasn't available and didn't list a reason. Right. But I thought that Sarah performed great as a freshman thrown into that. And that kind of experience, that kind of experience, like definitely adds like some build some nerves on you or you can just lean on those, whatever that, whenever that kind of, uh, moment arises again uh, and and there was no bigger moment when you're a freshman 
uh, a starting pitcher to to get to get the call and the ball to open the College World Series. So those kind of things, I don't think they're being measured. I don't care about the rankings. I don't give a shit. I'm excited for this team to make this happen, to get to get the uh, get the ball rolling. And chat, I just want to do a quick shout out. So shout out Mark Garland of College Baseball Central, College Softball Central, who has done now two two interviews with Oregon State athletes, both belligerent bees athletes. But the uh, the one with Sarah was great. So if you haven't heard that one, please listen to it before the season gets going because um, a lot of her answers were, were incredibly enlightening. Um, and then also a Tanner Smith. And it, I thought that he did a great job even while he was walking through campus. He he answered all the questions. <laughs> That's tough. Yeah. It's That's tough. tough to do. Have you, yeah. ever, have you ever walked and talked? Can't Man, do it. not on video. Not, they didn't have that in our day. Yeah, you'd be bombarded f- full of friends as you were walking from one yeah. place to another. Yeah. And, but also Tanner Tanner talked about some stuff that I thought was very, very um, exciting. Like just like things you don't really get uh, from the media currently because you only see the practice. And so to transition to baseball in a sec, but both of those interviews on YouTube, College Baseball Central, College Softball Central, both really, really well done, and yeah. you know, give give and shout Mark out a the follow. homie Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. shout out Mark. Yeah, they Mark and the boys, they're all over the college softball and college baseball beat. Yeah, to the point where it's like, I'll just go to Mark's Twitter profile and then just like read everything. Where I'm like, I'm I'm feeling I'm I'm feeling like I need to catch up on college baseball <laughs> knowledge today. Oh, I got it all. I'm just, I'm wow. reading I'm reading everything t- that Mark has tweeted, retweeted, or liked for the last seven days, and now I feel enlightened. So thank you, Mark. <laughs> uh, so yeah, then and baseball also opening their season against the University of New Mexico Lobos. That first game will be down in Surprise, Arizona. Surprise! 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 I'm Benny. I'm here to cover every second of every hour. Tune in on 24-7 I'll be be back here for the Pac-12 tournament. (laughs) When it's 152 (laughs) degrees. Yeah, I I think you'd be fine at this tournament, Benny. The conference tournament at the end of May, not so much. No. Uh, But oh. this tur- this tournament, I think you'd do very well at. That's like I want to see you shine, and I think this is a formula for you to for to shine bright. Just Benny, not too bright. Yeah. Uh, although you, we, we all know you. You only go to Las Vegas and El Paso. Those are the only two cities you travel to. <laughs> the only two cities you need. The only two cities anyone needs. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so that's the opener is coming uh, on February seventeenth. Um, and that is always a very well attended event by Beaver Nation. We know the Beaver fans will show up and show out for this uh, season for Mitch Cannon's boys. Kind of a mixed bag of of news here for the baseball team with no games being played. We've got uh Ben Ferrer, Ben Ferrer, I believe is how Mike Rooney attempted to pronounce his name on our show. He didn't. Mike Mike's a pro. He knew how to do it. Yeah. Uh, don't talk bad about Mike. No, he did. He did ask our confirmation though, and I thought that that was like a oh we've arrived moment. <laughs> oh yeah, um, <laughs> he was like, did I get that right? We're like, you got that right, Mike. He's like, ah, oh, thanks guys. Um, <laughs> anyway, so Ben, uh, Ben Fair, third team All American by D one Baseball, preseason All American by D one Baseball. Uh, Ben's gonna be a huge part of the pitching staff this year. That's the good news. Uh, Jay, you brought some of this bad news to, to our attention. And so like like a good podcast co-host, I'm, I'm going to give you the mic for the bad news. 
so everyone can be mad at you. See, I laughed uh, to open the bad yeah. news. <laughs> it's still funny, guys. We're still having fun, right? <laughs> it's a podcast. Uh, and we're having a good time. Well, I think I think the worst news is is um, in a circumstantial news and everything else that, about it that makes it uh, feel worse. So Brock Townsend out for the season, um, and it's not injury related. It's actually. Uh, suspension related and it's not team suspension it's university suspension and for a senior uh a transfer from lb limben community college who you know made it made it to his school it's a really tough one to swallow as as a as a beaver baseball fan but i'm sure i'm sure for brock and right there's been not there's been no news as to why but uh he's missing the season and i hope i hope that uh he has some eligibility left, and he wants to come back and and you know, get make a final run. But in baseball, it's tough because he's probably draft eligible, and and scouts know what he can do. That's a big loss for somebody who I thought could be a weekend right. rotation guy. We also lose Jabin Trotsky, who as a freshman last year had some big moments. He had some good catches, some some good slap hits. Uh, people were thinking that he had was going to be stepping up and making a big a big leap this year. Um, one of the things here in the in a Dashell article that I was reading, I think last week or earlier this week, but uh, they talked about how over the over the fall um, he went from switch hitting to batting righty, and, and Canham was quoted talking about like, yeah, he's crushing baseballs, and adding that power would have been really really nice for a team that's lacking power, um, especially if we can just like lift a little bit out of another position that's a, a middle of the infield kind of guy. And he's he's opting for you know sur- or needs surgery, so he's he's missing the year as well. It's interesting Shit. though because you know he had some big moments, like I said, but uh, like when 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 the coaching staff's anticipating that you're gonna go to go to bat and compete for a spot with Dernetti and Bazana, like it's a big yeah. loss because either way, um, he was either gonna be like a utility guy this year or you know take over at second for Bazana and Bazana uh, at least presumably. Uh, was planning to end up in the outfield. And, I mean, this team needs power and speed and defense, and that's how they'll win. Uh, it's a big hit. It's a big hit. But and what I do love is we've heard inklings, and there might be more truth to it, but but uh, Ryan Brown might bring that fire from the ninth inning to the first inning. And now, now this Hell is yeah. potentially another opening that needs backfilling uh with 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 a talented pitcher and a guy like him who's been stretched out Kabats is definitely maybe the ace. only returner that's gonna be the ace uh yeah. had a chance to do that because we just don't have a lot of arms that have that that many innings returning at least starter innings but um yeah i wouldn't be surprised now at this point with townsend out that, that brownie gets uh at least some midweek starts. That would speaking, be dope. Speaking of that opening, it's also an opening uh, for me to request, JP, please play five seconds of I Got That Fire by Juvenile in Ooh. honor of Brownie's Fire. I got that fire. I got that fire, girl. How that little water if you want that Oscar Mike. I got that fire. <laughs> he does got that fire. Oh, and yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Midweek start, weekend start. I don't give a shit. Whatever. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, challenges for Mitch this year. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how he uh, navigates these waters. But 
like you said, it's still a team with a, a ton of talent. Just mentioning that it's it's still Ternetti and Bizana in the in the middle infield, uh, which is a, a great infield to to play with. Um, shout oh, out! Oh, and Gary Tanner Bizana. behind the dish, and, and, and shout Tanner out Gary behind the dish. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. We're very very excited about this team. Obviously, expectations in our neck of the woods are high, even if uh, this team likes softball. Is getting a wee bit disrespected on the national scale. That just means we got to go to Omaha and then we're going to crush more jello shots at that bar that has the jello shot competition in Omaha oh. during the College World Series. We remember win. last year when Stanford didn't even try? Yeah. yeah. Arkansas like had 250 times more jello shots than Stanford did. Well, that's just Stanford had yeah. zero. Embarrassing. <laughs> Wait, did Stanford not have I thought they had no, they, some. They had like four or like six. Yeah. And well, like Auburn was at like 800 at one point. <laughs> <laughs> the Auburn loss was easier to stomach after I saw how many jello shots they stomached. <laughs> Every Stanford fan is going to be mad about me saying that Arkansas 250 times zero. <laughs> yeah, Matt, that would be. They would have zero too. <laughs> but your logic's already flawed there, JP, for because for Stanford fans, fans to get mad at you, Stanford fans would have to exist. <laughs> That's okay. I'm sorry, Stanford fans. We know that both of you exist. Tiger Woods has a hit it's out just on you. Good fun. <laughs> Tiger Ooh. Woods isn't even a Stanford fan. <laughs> Tiger Woods is probably like an LSU football fan. Condoleezza Rice has a hit out on you. Good. Ooh, she did go to Stanford. Yeah, that's right. Who else went yeah. to Stanford? Uh, Christian McCaffrey went to Stanford. Hey, yeah. quarterback for the 49ers. Yeah, fifth string quarterback. Let's <laughs> not talk about that. Who else? That, dude, that dude from the Brown season of Hard Knocks went to Stanford. Oh, dude, I just started. I watched Hard Knocks for the first time in my life this weekend. What? Yep, swear to God. Swear to God. I didn't have HBO for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I, I've had it for a while now, but oh. like for some reason, I was like, let's start cool. watching the Cardinals. Good for you. Ben. Let's not, I, let's not I've watch had HBO for a while. <laughs> and and I was and so they start out when the team's three and five or three and six. Well, these and are I was like, oh, it only gets worse from here because right. yeah, Cliff well, gets is, fired. This hard this in season hard knocks <laughs> is weird. I prefer the training camp hard. Do knocks you? The way you? Yeah, because it's interesting. Hey, in season. I, I didn't watch this. They had it in season. Yeah. Last last year they did hard knocks in season for the first time ever. And they did it with the Colts. And this year they did it with the Cardinals. Um, and it's like it's still like that type of access is super interesting. But it's so know. it is so first funny because the, they they had like a fucking seven game losing streak. And, and at first they're like, we're still in it. We're still in the playoffs. Let's do it. Come on. This is just a small setback. And by the seventh time, they're like, okay, guys. You're pl- you're playing for yourselves. Just have pride. It 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 will get better next Just year. Have pride. Whether you're here or not, <laughs> like it got so dark, it was bad. Yeah, I have I haven't watched the Cardinals one, but I've watched every season of Hard Knocks training camp. I have not in my I've not watched any, and I don't know how they could be better. In season, just seems like it would be better. But I'll take your word for it, and I'll watch it next year. You know what? You're probably right, but I just don't really. I just like watching the games. Well. And well, with the training camp ones, you get the backstory of like the roster long shot kid 
That's like why, like, like every year they focus on like a kid who's like going to get cut. Yeah, but you know what? This was cool, like bubble. ten years ago when you didn't get immediate access to all I the know, information I know. you wanted. And also, that th- they've done twenty seasons of the training camp one now, I so know. that storyline has gotten dry. But it's still like the rest of it, like the cinematography and the editing and the music, is still impeccably done. So it's worth watching. Let things but, die, like, bro. It was. It's, it's aged. It's gone. Sure. Let things die. That's why this is the last episode of the Belligerent Peace Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We've called this own hold on every single episode. Before we go, we have to talk about gym and wrestling. More, th- these are good good vibes. Good vibes, always. Uh, Jim Beef picked up impressive win at the University of Washington, posting their season high score of a total 197.300. And that's not all. Our mad dog, Matty Dagan, belligerent beef athlete. Merch coming soon. Is it coming soon? Yes, very soon. Even new merch we've been working on. New merch. Oh, shit. And that'll be- so stay glued. Yeah. New new merch. New, new, new. new mad dog merch. New, new mad dog merch. Yeah. Bling, bling. From, the pen- from the penthouse penthouse. Yeah. At belligerentbeeves.com slash merch, belligerentbeeves.com slash merch. You got to type it twice. Well, actually, my, she might have her own nice. URL. We'll have to just oh, follow shit. us follow us to find out. All right. We'll just follow us everywhere. Uh, Maddie matched her season high on fall 9.85 and put up a season high 9.9 on the floor. The floor Maddie. was dope. The floor was so her good. The floor is always dope. That, But it was didn't like even, Didn't even epic. need that improvised save to do it, but still no. epic shit. Just newly epic. Yeah. Rewriting epic every hey, time I like, on the floor. I like you brought up the improvised save. Because that might be the premise yeah. of the of the new the new shirt the new new yeah ooh yeah I love how he said this is ooh, no this teaser. is new merch this is new Maddie Dagan merch not like the old Maddie Dagan merch when all of the Maddie Dagan merch is still unreleased so all of it's gonna be new merch when it comes out <laughs> <laughs> it's on time <laughs> got some nice French bulldog little snorts in there is that, is nice. that Enzo? Yeah, Enzo. Enzo is the mad dog because Maddie's not here on the show right now. That's our mad hey, dog. Does That's Enzo right. need wow. a mad dog hoodie? Oh, should we do that? Oh no, we. You guys. Should we, Benny? You guys. Oh. You guys. Check, check, no, don't check. don't do don't do oh. this yet. Don't do this yet. Don't do this yet. Don't do this yet. We have to get through the rest of the gym. Just check the DMs. Shit. Okay. Check the DMs on what? Our texts. Oh, it's loading. It's going. It's going. It's going. Guys. Okay. I know this doesn't translate through the screen, but he farted and it smells <laughs> so bad. It's awful. Like it normal. If you have a French bulldog out there, you know what I'm talking about. They can get awful, this but is, this is this especially is bad. This podcast must be stopped at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can't get through. There's three bullet points in this segment and we Ooh. can't do it. Ooh, I, I won't say anything, but I approve of this design template. <laughs> what the dog? Yeah. Or the t-shirt oh I just God. sent. Oh, I just saw the dog T-shirt. I'm confused. Guys. Is there a dog and a T-shirt? Yeah. Yes, oh. There is. Meanwhile. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> also, shouts to Cindy Gonzalez on her career best 9.95 on Beam, <laughs> helping the Beeves to a victory. Hell yeah, Sid. Woo. <laughs> Good God, you guys! Come on, dude. That <laughs> honestly, the whole the whole meet was just so fun. It was so fun. There and, we go. And okay, JP is back at least. What? I'll, Sorry, I'll, I'll be gone for a while. That edible <laughs> hit. Where did I go? 
No, just, I'm sorry. Keep talking. Did you mute me? No. Oh. You were both muted staring at merch, and I was trying to carry the podcast by myself. <laughs> then you started talking again. So I made a side <laughs> remark, and I ruined your re-entry into the segment. So please re-re-enter into the segment, Jay. This was a fun meet to watch. This was, was a so fun, fun. It was so fun. I thought that the team um, had really kind of recaptured that energy that propelled them a lot through some tough meets last year. And... I I think the gymnasts really really built off of that, and I mean they they ate that up when it came to their time for them to perform, and uh, the wealth was spread throughout the team. There was a lot, there were a lot of gymnasts participating, at least compared to last year. It was good. I, th- I just think that was one we needed to get. Um, the fans were there. I saw a lot of fans traveling via train to Seattle for the event and i i think that was one thing that they needed to get back on the the winning track as as a team and keep keep that locomotive moving choo 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 indeed and we also can't leave this episode without shouting out our nationally ranked wrestling team who dropped a tough duel to arizona state at gill but arizona state is also a highly ranked team damn good uh, head coach Chris Pendleton is doing a great job with the wrestling beefs as he always does. Them boys have been chopping wood all season and uh, checking, uh, despite that loss, checking at number 21 in uh, the most recent wrestling rankings polls. And I know they are back at Gill again. The wrestling team has a pretty impressive season shaking out and could make moves. So we we gotta get to a meet. We do gotta get to a meet. So one one thing I wanted to ask you guys: our wrestling team seems to be embracing the like unique branding. You know what I mean? Like they they are sort of the the team in all athletics that is that are sort of like doing their own thing and yes. branding their program totally to be specific. Do you think that they look at, and this is a serious, this isn't a joke, but do you think that they look at like WWF as just being not related to wrestling at all? Like it's just <laughs> totally, no, I'm not laughing. Like it's an embarrassment. Or do you think that they, the reason I ask is because would it be sick if basketball has entrances and football has entrances? It would be sick if I agree, wrestling I've, had entrances. I, Benny, I agree with you on that. I think like wrestling, like the high school wrestling, college wrestling, that kind of wrestling mm-hmm. should mirror professional wrestling in in certain ways. I think. Yeah. I have now been. I I never. I wasn't a WWF kid really. Uh, but just like I've found myself randomly at different professional wrestling uh, matches and events and talking to people from that world. And like my eyes have been open and I was like ignorant as fuck to think like, oh, that's fake. That's not, you know, worth it or, or like that's not worth our time. That's stupid. Like it's maybe performative and like the results may be predetermined a little bit, which is not the case in college wrestling. But right. like, I mean, in sports, you're always we're looking for that great storyline and these great narratives or whatever. And I feel like the concept of professional wrestling has just been like, yeah, like let's lean it, let's put an effort into storytelling. Like, why, why not? <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I think if you if you did do that to the right amount and had some like cool entrances and just like a little bit of a little bit of roles, like yeah. maybe I I I think there's space there. 
Well, I, I'm saying like wrestling actually does get kind of a good crowd. And I, I don't know much about college wrestling, but I would imagine that it's a better crowd or more people go to watch Oregon State wrestling than most schools. I, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And well, I want to say than most schools because I, I think like, wrestling is one of those very unique uh, collegiate sports where right. if so you the, have a program, the traditional there's programs. A, yeah, if you have a program though, it's because fans support it. Like, like, yeah, that, like that's why you have it, right? And, and then like, you have a coach that comes in and does a great job, and that is a domino effect to continue to bring in fans. But like, if we showed up at the NCAA tournament and did entrances, like the coaching staff and all the fans at University of Iowa would like call us a disgrace, yeah, and and spit at Oregon State like that. There'd be some of that going on, but also I feel like that would just generate more publicity, and I think college wrestling could use that. Well, I think I think this is what what I've gathered you know, from watching some of these wrestling meets is the action isn't so much WWF or WWE, right? Because like, yeah. it's, it's, it's constant. Like it, there isn't a whole lot of like drama of like walking around and walking along the right. side of the, you know, the ring or the mat and like, just like staring off into the stands. But it, there's a lot of MMA. There's a lot of MMA that I have felt I've seen come into these moves or these at least the athleticism of these wrestlers they're not these like chonky like i can't really move but i'm very strong kind of quick twitch kind of wrestlers anymore they're like they're lean they're they're they can they can move quick and 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 they are able to uh have these like like blurs of visions where you're like did that just happen did that guy just do that to that person like right and so and it very much reminds me of mma uh sans like a, a cage um and so like ufc or anything that is like more of a mixed type of wrestling slash art uh, and like you know, Colby Covington, Oregon State, and and now he ended up you know heading into being a, an MMA fighter, but um, they have entrances. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is like I I'm I guess it would be more along the lines of MMA or like boxing. Yeah, uh, boxing has entrances too, and I think you could add a little razzle dazzle because back in the day. Before the 90s, really, like the NBA just started. Their games just started. (laughs) It wasn't until the Bulls when they had Jordan did like the entrances, right? And so it has to start somewhere. I'm just saying. I mean, I think the starting lineups started getting announced at one point. <laughs> and before Well, Jordan. they weren't like dramatic. Not They're as quite quite starting uh yeah. Yeah, I think that um I mean, if you're listening and you're a wrestler on the team, please don't take offense to this. I'm being serious. I think that it would be a really <laughs> you get a lot of people to go. I mean, how many people are into MMA and are, like, allegiant to a particular fighter? Like, you would get a lot of people to go if you did that. But I have to to show a lot of love for for Beaver Nation because they show out for the wrestling matches. Yeah. And and as as it's deserved. But I agree. I think there's one of those things that, like, there is a brand there that you could grab. Right. And be like, we we are the fun program. We're the hype program. We're different. Yeah, you can reach the kids by still sustaining the traditionalist. Like it's not an either or, right? Uh, and it's already it's already inching towards it, anyways. It already is. So, uh, JP, please play five seconds of Sirius by the Alan Parsons Project. 
Terry, do the outro. Do the outro to us uh, being outro to serious. I have, I have more to say no. before we get into this. Um, do the outro to Serious by the Alice Bart because I do want to, before we get out of here, um, we have more good news. Um, our homie, our friend, our pal, Pat Beaverman, is starting oh, the, pa- yes. the Beaverman Beat podcast. A uh, new episode is dropping tomorrow, which might be today or might be yesterday, whenever this episode is coming out. But give uh, Pat and his new project a follow uh, if you can, um, which I know you can. You better. Mm. Uh, you better. <laughs> on, tw- on Twitter, let me actually – I had this just now. It's at Beaverman Beat, uh, the Beaverman Beat podcast. Uh, tomorrow, uh, big Oregon State b- baseball season preview. Uh, so shout out to Pat Beaverman and also our our buddy Zach Scores uh, as well as a co-host on the uh, Cascadia Corner podcast talking all things Pacific Northwest football. That would be Washington, Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State, and Gonzaga if Gonzaga ever gets a football team. Uh, I, I don't think they have a host dedicated to Gonzaga, but I think that would be fun. If it happened, uh, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing now. I forgot. JP, Q serious. This is this this has been episode 83 of the Belligerent Beefs podcast with me, one of your co-hosts, Terry Horseman, at five foot ten from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and <laughs> Oregon State University at Shooting Card. Your co-host on Twitter at Terry Horstman and at Terrence Horstman on Instagram. <laughs> Fucking away the lads in it. And coming to you from Tacoma, Washington at small slash power forward. <laughs> He's six foot nine. Noise. Nice. Noise, Benny L1986 on the social media channels. Benjamin Lawrence, Sebastian, <laughs> we heard. Benny Bedlam, Benny good ball game, Benny with a good quad, Benny's cool. That one got spooky. I don't know how that happened. I don't even have time to think about it because the last co-host, the man on the ones and twos. The man in the conductor's box making it go, making the train go choo-choo. Northeast Portland, <laughs> San Carlos' finest from the same high school as Tom Brady. Yanipro Sarah, Barry Bondsland, you heard? It's at the Trill J on Twitter. That's at the underscore Trill underscore J because he's too Trill to be real. And at JP Bertram on Instagram at point guard, five foot two. Just kidding. We know you're five foot nine. <laughs> JP Bertram. Nice. Oh, I am so hyped already. There's no way I can go to sleep after this. <laughs> but I have to finish the intro. No, outro. <laughs> outro. <laughs> outro. Intro. Outro. What is the difference? <laughs> one's at the beginning, one's at the end. But no matter where you're at, beginning, middle, end. You cannot spell chop em without hope. Chop em! Chop em! Chop em! And bring back Bernice on this beat now! And barbecue sauce. <laughs>